0: At me. Every Sunday, I end up leaving something here. It's a jack or a cup or something like that. And then uh, Matt comes over and drives over to my house, drops it off. He's, he's my other mom. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Oh, good morning. How are y'all doing? Uh, so we're in um, the, uh, the Lord's Prayer. Normally, it would be Charlie preaching. Uh, Charlie's out not feeling well this this week so I subbed in for him I was going to preach next week anyway so no big deal um, glad to be glad to be sharing the Word of God with you this morning so uh, we're walking through the Lord's Prayer and uh, this morning I'll be covering the the uh, verse 10 of Matthew 6 9 to 13 we're gonna we're go- we're gonna read the Lord's Prayer together um, if we can get have it on the screen all right great so. If you can, if you uh, if you feel like it, read it out loud with me. I grew up in a, uh, in a small town in B.C. A long time ago, really long time ago, according to my kids. Um, and when I was a kid, in maybe you have the same experience in uh, kindergarten and grade one, and I think grade two, we had to we had to uh, sing "O Canada." We had to stand and say the Lord's Prayer, and there was a short Bible reading. Does, did anybody... That was a public school, by the way. Anybody else? Yeah? Yeah? That was, that was my experience. If you're, if you're under 50, it probably wasn't. Um, uh, there, I just gave it away. I'm 51. Uh, so let, let's read this through. I could do this with my eyes closed, but it would come out in King James, because that's, uh, that's how I learned it. But, so I'll, I'll read it with you. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So I remember in grade one uh, having these battles with uh, Adam Castle, who was a year older than me, and saying, Adam, it's not Halloween be thy name. It's not. It's not hello be your name. It's hallowed. And I didn't understand it any more than him, but I knew that I knew it wasn't. I, I knew what the words were, but uh, this is a passage that is so well known that if you know nothing else about the Bible At least you probably know this. Uh, we don't even say a full sentence. We just say your kingdom come I mean, it's not really a proper sentence even it's may your kingdom come but um, But it passes because we're so used to to hearing it that way from that translation um, it, it's it's ingrained in our in our understanding, uh, you may know it if you're French you would you would call it the Notre pair uh, Latin would be Paternoster it's the it, it's a it's a prayer in the Bible that actually has a name there's only a few of those um, um, but there is so much depth and it 's so dense right that that this little, this little section can take us a lot of places I mean you can do that with anything in the Bible because the whole thing's linked uh, it's it, uh, IT'S ONE AUTHOR OVER THOUSANDS OF YEARS, uh, INSPIRING MANY OTHERS, AND SO IT'S ALL REALLY LINKED TOGETHER. But, BUT THIS ONE IN PARTICULAR HOLDS SOME MAJOR THEMES, AND IT'S SORT OF A, um, uh, it, IT CAME FROM uh, A QUESTION BY ONE OF THE, OR A REQUEST FROM ONE OF THE DISCIPLES, CAN YOU TEACH US HOW TO PRAY? BECAUSE THEY COULD SEE JESUS, THAT WAS A BIG PART OF HIS LIFE, RIGHT? I MEAN, YOU TAKE OFF, SPEND THE WHOLE NIGHT SOMETIMES PRAYING. Um, and, and this was such a big part of it for them. They were picking up on that and they, well, could you teach us to pray like you do? And this is what he gave them as sort of an outline. It's not, this isn't necessarily, uh, this was never meant to be just something that you, like I'm not sure that we were nailing it by, by just having a bunch of kids who thought it was Halloween be thy name saying it out loud a whole bunch of times. But there, there's no danger in saying it over, it's just that he wants it to be as a guideline For where we're going when we're praying what do we do? What what can we learn from it that that how do we how do we get good communication with the Heavenly Father? um, By following this and so I will I want to go through um, uh, Just this one verse your kingdom come and your will be done and other other people in the preaching team are covering other parts but um, I'm taking your kingdom come and then the second part of that as your will be done on earth as it is in heaven as Being the same thing right so your kingdom come. What does that mean? May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven might be subtle differences, but that's really what we're saying Right. We want the the will of the king to be done on earth as it is in heaven Um, normally in THE GOSPELS, WELL, let's, LET'S JUST SAY A KINGDOM, A KINGDOM IS REALLY TWO THINGS. It's, IT'S A PLACE WHERE A KING REIGNS, LIKE THE KINGDOM OF SAUDI ARABIA OR SOMETHING, LIKE THERE'S A KINGDOM, IS A LAND OR AN AREA, A REGION. AND it's also, IT ALSO REFERS TO THE REIGN OF THAT PERSON, RIGHT? So, SO THERE'S A DISTINCTION THERE. AND NORMALLY WITHIN THE GOSPELS AND WITHIN PAUL, uh, Paul's writings you'll see it really as only the second one. It's just the reign of God here We're actually seeing a little bit where it touches on The place as well it mentions earth So so it's a fuller understanding of kingdom here than what we often see and I want to get into that What do we actually mean by your kingdom come? It sounds really obvious, but it's not in fact. There's two major Different there's two major distinctions. that I want to make there's two ways that we need to take this um, but first of all, before doing that, where I, where I want to go is to look at how are we addressing God? Now, Charlie brought us into our Father in heaven, holy is your name, uh, and now I want to add to it, he's the king because he's, we're asking for his kingdom to come. And what I want to say about that is that, that when, when, we, uh, when we address God as our Father in heaven and as our king, it does something for the rest of the prayer, and the rest of the prayer is going to be some requests, right? But there's a, there's a, there's a, a, a central biblical truth about prayer that comes out by framing it this way, and I, I'm going to go into that. So, so basically what I want to talk about this morning is how this, calling it the kingdom of God, uh, shapes our prayers, and then I want to look at... Two two major parts of understanding what the kingdom is, and that is the kingdom that will be that will come fully at the return of Jesus, and the kingdom as it breaks into our uh, where we live now. Sound all right? Can We go there. I'm just gonna pray, just a really simple prayer. It's the prayer that started this thing. If you'd pray it with me, it's it's just this: It's Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. We just open up our ears and our hearts. We want to know you. We want to hear you. God, would you speak through me this morning? And would you, would you guide um, each one of us as we take in your word, Lord? We just thank you for the feast that it is, Lord, the, the, the word of God. And I pray that you would, you would help us, Lord, to, to digest it and put it into practice in our lives. Amen. Okay. So... so uh, when, he, when uh, Jesus addresses God as the Father in heaven and then refers to the kingdom, like I say, this frames something, it gives us a, a baseline for where we're praying the rest of the, the prayer. Let, it, let me say it this way, it sets the tone for the prayer. I'll, I'll, hopefully you'll understand what I mean in a minute. So why can I believe, based on this, why can I believe that he's able to meet my needs? Why? Because he's in heaven, he owns galaxies, I think he can help me find a job, you know, for example. Uh, it's the greatness of God, he's, he's God great in heaven. What about, how, why, why can I believe that he wants to meet my needs? Because he's a loving heavenly father. And every, we, we know Jesus says this in other places, every good father wants to give gifts to his, to his, to his children, wants to supply their needs. Uh, why should I believe that he wants to forgive me? Also because he's a good father, and a father always, always values relationship over, over offense. Even if he's the judge, he's the, this is the heavenly judge as well. But, but we, know, we know that God will move heaven and earth so that we can have forgiveness. I mean, there's, there's a lot wrapped up in this. There, um, why should I believe that he will give me victory over the evil one? Because he's the king. That's what kings do. They, they come and fight against the enemy for you. So... Um, so the rest of the, the, the prayer, the give us our bread, the uh, forgive us, the deliver us from the evil one, they're all couched in this understanding of who God is. Why are we doing it that way? Because we don't start with the problem, we start with God. And that's central to prayer. We don't start with the problem, we start with God. That's not my tendency normally. My, my normal tendency in prayer would be to come to God thinking about the problem and not about the God that I'm talking to. Do you, do you guys relate? Really, do you understand what I mean? Where the problem just seems to sort of take over, and I know I'm supposed to pray about it, but I'm going to talk to God about the problem and convince him how big the problem is? Um, uh, that, that is backwards to what Jesus is teaching here. But I do it all the time. Um, it's, and I'm starting to realize, it's a really dumb idea to start, uh, to start talking about me and my problem. Uh, without addressing who God is. It's kind of like, does, okay, this is it going to narrow down the crowd a lot. Do, who here knows Red Green? I've got some hands. You're all really shy about it. Okay. Yes. I figured you would, Peter. Yes. Um, so Red Green is this, can I say redneck comedy? Canadian. If Charlie, if you're listening, I'm sure you've never heard of it because I don't think it's good enough that we've exported it to the U S. Um, it's the duct tape guy. Anyway, they have, this, they have these meetings at Possum Lodge. It's a bunch of guys. Um, yeah, some, some, like, I'm seeing people understanding. And, and they do the men's prayer. The men's prayer is this. They, they bow their heads, fold their hands, and they say, I'm a man, but I can change if I have to, I guess. And then they move on with their meeting, right? It's like... Why is it funny? Because it's so dumb. I mean, why why are we sticking with the problem? Why are we sticking with us? You know, how about a prayer that that, uh, more realistically, I would go, Lord, I really sucked at this. Forgive me. Rather than, um, God, you are the father who pursues me and wants to build up the relationship with me and you're willing to forgive, and you already made a way to forgive me because you're the good father that you are, not because of who I am, but because of who you are. Now, would you forgive me? Do, do you see the difference? How one, is the, one of those is based on faith, and one of them is just not. And if we're coming to God and praying without faith, well, it's just a waste of our time, really. Um, James says it that way. He says, look, if you're, if you're, if you're asking without believing... You're not getting anything. And it's not to be harsh, it's just saying that this is between you and God, Him. He's the one with everything. Believe Him. Anybody who comes to Him must first believe that He exists and that He what? Rewards those who earnestly seek Him. So it starts with Him. How about... um, when, I, when, uh, when you come in to pray just about a rotten situation in your life, and you go, oh God, this situation is miserable, can you do something? And there was a guy in Mark 9 who, who kind of prayed sort of like that, right? There was a, uh, a, a guy who had a son who, uh, who had a problem with seizures. Brings him to Jesus. The disciples uh, hadn't, uh, what we found out afterwards, is they hadn't really been spending time fasting and praying uh, prior to this, and they didn't have the power According to Jesus, because of that, and and uh, this guy comes to Jesus and says, "They couldn't do it. If you could do something, if you're able, that'd be really great." Um, and and it's kind of a prayer like that, where the problem is bigger than God. And and Jesus looks at him, bro, like, if I can, like. And then he heals them. He heals the guy, but but it's 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 when when uh, Jesus says, "Look, I I want you to just believe," and the guy realizes then who he's talking about, and he says, "And he says, Lord, I believe. Could you help me in my unbelief?" And the point for me in that story is that it's really really hard to pray with faith when you're looking at the problem not at God. Can you hear that? So, so this is why there's this, this prayer starts off with, Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. You have a kingdom that is going to one day take over this entire earth. Now let's talk about what I need, which is very different uh, um, from, from my tendency in prayer, and maybe yours, um, maybe it's just me. I, I do a lot of preaching to myself. Uh, and so we want to we wanna honor God by by by, uh, by telling him who he is. And there's also another part of this that really helps us in our in our prayer life, and that is when we're gonna talk about the, the two kinds of the two meanings for the coming kingdom in a second. One of them, though, is that, and we've we all were we've we've heard this many other, t- other times, the kingdom of God is uh, it, it will be fulfilled and established fully at the return of Christ what uh, theologians called the parousia or the the time of God's of Jesus appearing That's when it will be fully uh, Expressed God will be overall um, In a way that that is different from what he is now. Uh, there is another kingdom on this earth according to the Bible at that time though uh, And we'll get into it a little bit more at that time all of the problems that we are facing now, all these things that look really big right now, financial problems, sickness, um, uh, people dying, all of those problems will disappear, which means that all of our problems become temporary in the light of that coming kingdom. Have we got that? I mean, that, that's, we know that, we say that, but is that in our minds when we go to prayer? Um, all of the problems that I talk that I'm talking about are temporary because of the coming kingdom, and that's some powerful stuff, man. Like, it's it's temporary. Like, this is not going to go on forever because He's coming, He's coming, and this is this is something. I I remember listening to Gordon Fee. Maybe some of you know him. He's a he's a, a, a theologian. A, um, he's written quite a few excellent commentaries. He just died, I think, last year or two years ago. But he used, to, he used to say if there was one thing that he could, he could help people understand, this would be the one thing that he really wants the church to understand, is that we are an eschatological people. And that means we are a people who, is, who have a future in the coming kingdom when it will not look like this, where Jesus will be over all and in all. And, and that just changes our, our view of our situation. Okay, so... So that's, a, that's my, my first part. The second one is I want, to break in, I want to break down a little bit of what that means about the, the coming kingdom. So, so I think we could all agree, if you've, if you've been doing a little bit of reading in the Gospels, that at this point in the Gospels, probably, even at no point really in the Gospels, did the disciples really get the fact that Jesus was not going to be the political figure that they had wanted him to be, and that uh, they, were still, they were still under the Romans, I mean, you know, it's a TikTok thing now. How often do you think about the, Ro- the, the, the Roman Empire? Well, these guys are thinking about them all the time, right? So, so um, uh, this, was, this was their life, and they expected Jesus to come and change that. It was an expectation that we, they were going to be very disappointed about because that wasn't his goal at the time. And in fact, if we can go to Acts 1.6. Grab some water. And you can see it. You can see how Jesus goes, uh, that's not what we're doing right now, guys. We'll get there, not right now. For now, the kingdom is going to look different. And so he goes, so this is like, this is after Jesus died, got back up, and he's been walking around, uh, appearing to a whole bunch of people, doing cool things like he he got into a locked room without opening the door at some point. That one, that one was cool. Uh, he... You know, he's, he's, he's surprising a lot of people who were very convinced that he was dead because he really did die. Um, and it's not normal for dead people to be walking around. So, so uh, he's, now, he's now about to leave them. They don't know. And this is their question to him. They're, they're going up to a mountain or something like that. He goes, or they go, uh, verse 6, then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But, right, so the answer is no, the coming kingdom is in the future. But here's what the kingdom is going to look like. That was my little parenthesis. Here's what the kingdom is going to look like. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, which, by the way, is an outline of the book of Acts, started in, in Jerusalem, and then moved to Judea, Samaria, and then what they called the ends of the earth at the time, which was Rome, uh, where Paul went to Rome, and and then possibly Spain, we're not really sure, but for them, that was the end of the earth. Um, You will be my witnesses to these places. And after he said this, he was taken up before their eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight, and they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood uh, beside him and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. So, so he's with them. He says, No, it's not going to be right away. These two dudes in, in white show up and say, Hey, guys, um, he's coming back someday. In the meantime, psh, go, go get to work. So um, uh, there is a coming kingdom. In that coming kingdom uh, will look very different than it is now, and it, it becomes a, a theme that permeates the entire New Testament. It's all over the place. Uh, like I say, we call it the, the theologians call it the parousia. It's the 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 second coming of Christ. It's all over the place. Paul lived for that. He called it the day. He called it. There's uh, there's some nuances in there, but there, but uh, uh, we can see probably the most clearly in this highly symbolic book at the end of the Bible called Revelation. But we get this uh, in Revelations 11:15. 15. John is being shown a vision of what is to come. And there's this, this uh, I'll pick it up in verse, seven, in verse 15. Then the, then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of the world, kingdom of the world, has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. In fact, in what that means is we've got a regime change now. It's different. It's no longer the kingdom of the world. It's the kingdom of Christ. Um, and he shall reign forever and ever. And you've heard that from uh, you know, Christmas time. We sing that in Handel's Messiah. Um, Paul talked about... Um, There is a reward, just before he was going to die in 2 Timothy 4, verses 8, I think it is, he said that there's a reward waiting for me and for all who have longed for his appearing. So he saw it as a time when he would be rewarded, and he adds this element, that longing, that desire. That's the desire thing, that longing, that is in the Lord's prayer. Your kingdom come. It's not just your kingdom come, it's Lord, your kingdom come. There's a desire, a longing for it, because it's our kingdom. So, so let's just backtrack a little bit. Uh, when, it, when it says, your kingdom come, that means that there's a different kingdom there, and it's a kingdom that we belong to. We're, in other words, we're living in a kingdom that is not our own. Like we're displaced people. And you can get into that. We've covered it other times in the book of Hebrews. We're like a displaced people. We're not living at the kingdom that we belong to. Right? I think that was, that was basic to this passage. Your kingdom come. Because that's my kingdom too. Right? I'm a citizen of, of that because by faith I've joined it. So there's a longing to be part of that kingdom. For it to come. And I think that's one of the things that when you just, when we read it, when we, uh, you know, I, uh, it was good, I think that we, we did this in kindergarten, grade one, but coming back to this at this age right now, I want to be saying I need that longing, that desire. And if I could just give us, well, I'm going to read a, a couple more verses, but I, I, we need that longing. We need that desire. We need that, that thinking of the future kingdom. It needs to be part of who we are. It's what you signed up for. It's part of your faith. There's a coming kingdom that you are a part of. Um, Revelation 20 uh, talks about death, false religions, demonic powers, worldly powers that stand against God will all be judged and destroyed. And that's symbolized by the lake of fire. Um, Revelation 21.4, every tear will be wiped from our eyes. Um... 1 Corinthians 13, Paul, Paul, just to show that Paul is always thinking about the coming kingdom and the and what it will be like when he meets God face to face. He's talking about, you know, 1 Corinthians 12, talking about, you know, the gifts of the Spirit, and 14 as well, and then he talks about love in the middle, 1 Corinthians 13, but he breaks off into this little section where he's talking about what it'll be like in heaven, and he says, right now we're looking at God as if we're looking in a, in a, in a A dim looking glass. They didn't have the mirrors that we have now are a lot better than what they had. So we're looking as in a mirror dimly. Um, And, you know, I've had some pretty great experiences with God. I mean, I've been in some pretty fantastic meetings with God. I've been in times where uh, I, I, where I've watched people being healed uh, there's, I've, I've listened to many of your stories of, of how God's touched you in your life and all of this is like seeing God in a mirror dimly and if you're thinking of your mirror you know, it's pretty clear, I can see pretty clear yeah, but it's cold, flat and hard in comparison to what we're going to have in heaven Right? there's a reality, there's a step up in reality the 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 uh, the way we see God will be intimate and powerful in a way that we are not experiencing now, and that Paul was Paul is calling them, guys. When you yeah, spiritual gifts, yes, faith, hope, and all that stuff. This is where we're going. Can we keep that in our minds and in our hearts, please? Um, and th- that's why you get this. The very I think it's the second last verse of the Bible in uh, Revelation 22. I've asked uh, if we could actually show that. It's, it's Revelation 22, verse 20. Yeah, so I, I put it on the screen because I, we, we need this desire, this, we can pick this up. This is what I think was in the Lord's Prayer in the Your Kingdom Come, where, where, where it says, um, he who testifies to these things, that's the whole revelation that John just received, says, yes, I am coming soon. And John, John's the one who says that uh, he, he called himself the one the Lord loves. I don't think that was arrogant. I think, was, I think it was just that he was uniquely aware of God's love for him. He said, you can, you can hear his desire to be with Jesus again. He says, amen. <sighs> come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. The version that you have, perhaps, it says, come quickly, Lord. That desire, that passion to see the kingdom of God come, is part of being a Christian. So, um, there's also just a caveat that I want to put in with that belief, and that is, uh, and we'll talk about. Well, I'm going to talk about now the, how the, the kingdom breaks in now as well, and and he gave and Jesus, you know, walked around doing miracles and all that stuff. Um, I just want to give one little caveat about this, and that is. The coming kingdom, we often, we often hear it said, uh, the kingdom is now and not yet. So that, that's right, that's good. There, there is a, there's a part of the kingdom, like I said, that is just for later, and there's a part of the kingdom where God breaks in now. Um, and uh, that means that until then, we do suffer in ways that we won't then. There's, there's um, you know, people will die. Uh, you know, it's, it's not the same thing as the coming kingdom. Um, but but sometimes what it can do it, when you have the mindset of the kingdoms now and not yet Is that it can sort of take away your your felt need to persevere in prayer? Uh, let me give you an example. So if, I, if I'm praying for somebody say say that um, uh, Healing or so, for God to move in their life in a powerful way uh, and then and then I I go well, it's not happening. I guess the kingdom is not yet and there, there, there's a truth to that, but can also be a way that it leads us to stop persevering in prayer because, well, maybe God doesn't want to do that. No, no, you persevere in prayer. We are breaking in the kingdom of God here now as well. Uh, and and until, he, until the return of Jesus, that is our call and our mission, is to press on and persevere in prayer and, and pursuing God. So... so uh, we just want to make sure that we're understanding the kingdom, yes, it will be fulfilled then, but until then, until then, our goal and our, and our heart and our mission is to bring the kingdom here and now in its fullness as much as we can. So, so let's talk about that. Right at the beginning of uh, John the Baptist's ministry, uh, Matthew 3, he w- uh, John the Baptist was walking around, this is cousin of Jesus, Right? saying, repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. And he, he would do baptisms, and he was, he was one weird-looking dude um, with wearing camel skins and, from what we understand, long hair, and had, he would eat, like, bugs. <laughs> it's was, it was a bit of a weirdo. Um, but he had this message that was gold. It was, repent, the kingdom of God is near, because he, he knew something was coming. Jesus shows up on the scene in the next chapter, and he takes exactly the same words as John. He says, repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. And then, uh, and then you look at the end of that chapter, and it says that the, the good news of the kingdom was spreading. And then it also says that the news of Jesus was spreading. As if to say the news of the kingdom and the news of Jesus are the same thing. Why? Because Jesus is the king. And then in, in uh, Matthew 10... The, the disciples are sent out to heal, deliver, save people. They're given power to do so, and, there's, and they're told to preach that the kingdom of God is at hand. And then in Luke 10, same thing, but now we've got 70 or 72 people. Uh, same message, preach the kingdom, heal, deliver, save. And then we've got Philip after the death and resurre- resurrection and the ascension of the Lord. Uh, he would go uh, town to town. He would... Preach the kingdom, the good news of the kingdom, heal, deliver, save. You see the pattern, right? Like it's, this isn't just Jesus doing this. It's it's it was prior to Jesus, it was an announcing him, but then it was the church. It was the church. So the the way that the the way that Jesus brought in the kingdom became the way the church is to bring the kingdom. Um and 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 in that way, it's breaking in on people. It's breaking in 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 the lives of of everyday people. And it becomes a part, as as the Lord brings you to himself, as the Lord establishes his reign in your life and you submit to him, there, now you're part of the kingdom too. And then now, now as his citizen, we're going out, we're doing the same thing. Um, So, we can see this in Paul... Uh, in uh, Colossians 1.13. So I think we got that one. Yeah, okay. Um, this is what Jesus did for us and that we are doing now. So, so he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son that he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Your kingdom come means, God, please do this over and over and over again right so so this becomes not just a future hope, but would you also do this now that that your kingdom come here now in my daily life and I just I just want also now I've, now I've talked about um, how this is part of our prayer life, how we put the the king and our and our father as framing our prayer, but also as as our future hope uh, and but. but Jesus didn't want it left as just a future hope. He wanted it as a, um, as a now we're doing this. The kingdom is coming now. Expect it. Pray for it. And there's all kinds of uh, there's all kinds of things where Jesus will talk about what to do. But here in this in this passage, we're talking about we pray for this. We pray for the kingdom of God to come. And you know, last week I was. Uh, with with uh with Cindy we were sitting around talking with somebody after the sermon and and you you probably have a similar experience we were talking about just how how God broke into their life and it was powerful uh, to hear the hear somebody else's testimony how this person um, felt God calling them several times in their life and then they responded and it was and God broke in and it was and it was it was wonderful. You could see on their face just how God reached them. And and I and many of you have your own story of how the kingdom broke in into your life. Right? Like if you think back, you probably have some sort maybe you grew up in it or maybe you came into it cold when you're when you're an adult, but in some way God has reached you. It could have been gradual or sudden. But in some way, the kingdom of God has broken into your life. And that's the thing, that righteousness, peace, and joy that you see on people when when they're telling that story, the the salvation, deliverance, and healing that God brings. uh, That's the thing that he's saying, yeah, pray for that. That's what, (laughs) hi. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, uh, we're 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 seeking God and asking Him, Lord, would You do that again and again? And so I'm, I'm gonna I'm going to, to head into just a, um, a question and answer in a, in a second here, but I just I want us um, I want us just thinking about uh, having that that as a desire, not looking for action here. But having that as a desire, Lord, would You do this again? Would you do this again? I desire you to break in through me, however you want to do it. Would you, would you come break in uh, to this world and do those stories again? So, so, we're, so uh, yeah, Cheryl can come up. We'll have, uh, have a little discussion about it. But, Lord, I pray that you would help us to, to uh, teach us to pray and teach us to invite your kingdom, Lord. We want your rule and reign here. Amen.
1: I have um, heard a few sermons, a, s- a few series on uh, the Lord's Prayer, and every time it has revolutionized how I have to how I pray. And then, like, once again, <laughs> this is a really helpful um, concept of thinking about, especially who God is as I pray, rather than the problem that I'm bringing to Him. So, thank you for that.
0: Yeah, and if you if you if you just it just became so clear to me at some point when I was going through this, like that's just really dumb. To try to convince God how big a problem is. It's just, I'm going to stop that.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we're going to do a question and answer. So if you have an, a question in the room, just raise your hand and our microphone runner will bring you the mic. Or there's a number on the screen you can text and uh, we will get the questions on my phone. So the first question that I have for you is, what, do you, what would you say to people who think about the kingdom of God coming and actually like... Brings fear into their hearts rather than excitement. Yeah,
0: because of, because of judgment, do you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that whole question of assurance of salvation, um, there's there's uh, I would say that it's a, a good idea to talk with um, well to to work through the Bible on how do I know that I'm that I'm saved. Because the Bible's clear, those who are saved, we are not destined for judgment. That's not for us. Um, and, and there is a fear that is right of judgment of the coming day, and that, that is, you can see that um, John the Baptist used that. Uh, he would say the ax is at the root of the trees, right? He was talking about Jesus coming. And, and uh, it, there, there was a fearful message That's where the fear comes from. But it's from misunderstanding. Yes, but that's why he said repent. That's why he said come to Jesus. And when you do that, that judgment is taken away. It's not for you anymore. Jesus took that.
1: All right, thanks. Uh, We don't have any questions coming in yet, but a point of correction for you. Not all people who eat bugs are weird. (laughs) So thanks for that, whoever sent that in. Can we vote on this? Because I just disagree.
0: If you think that she's right, put up your hand.
1: Consider us rebuked, I guess. (laughs) Ben, you don't count. Sorry. All right. Any questions from the congregation? Um, Here's a question. When people say that Jesus will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead... How will the dead be judged if they've already been judged after their death, or is it just that they haven't been judged yet
0: <laughs> well, the easy question yeah, right? just yeah. a simple one <laughs> theres there's so much discussion uh, and debate on there different schools of thought on that are are you are you is there a, a is there a middle state where before you before the uh, resurrection of the dead and the judgment is there is there you know where are you? What are you doing? There's there are different schools of thought on that one, um, and, and th- such as you rise, you're you're in a disembodied, you're a disembodied soul, um, or there's you just wait and wait wait uh, in a um, a state of um, being dead until the resurrection comes so so i don't really want to get i'm going to leave that deep theological stuff for for charlie can i do that I'm a, Yeah, maybe a we'll out. do a podcast
1: about it or something yeah
0: you can do that one um, because it is an area of debate there is there's reason to think both ways paul paul said to be absent with the from the body is to be present from the uh, present with the lord and then there's then there, i mean you can even see it in the same passage uh where paul said uh that there's a there's a the passage I read there from Paul in 2 Timothy, where he says that um, I'm about to get my reward, but also it'll be at the time of his appearing. So which is it? Am I getting it now or am I getting it later? And so there's some, there's some real gray areas that I do not call myself an expert on.
1: All right, here's another easy one for you. Okay. Just kidding, it's not easy. As a church commissioned by God, how can we address our mission in the light of the events happening in the world with rumors of war and the second coming? In the, in, la, in the light of the war now in Israel and Palestine.
0: Yeah, yeah, again. <laughs> Who does this? I'm gonna, I want to talk to you. <laughs> That's Brian. Ryan, you do this.
1: But I do think it's on the minds of a lot of people. It is.
0: It is. It really is. Um, this is... Now, there, there are passages. There's a passage that says, you, you know, talking about the end times or coming to the end times but not there yet that says you'll hear about wars and rumors of wars. Well, fact is, we've had this for a long time. Um, it's not clear that this means we're there right now every generation has thought that we are we're it right there and i think that's good and that's right because it puts an urgency in our minds i think paul lived that way um uh he didn't know and we're and we're told that that this is you're not to know it's not for you to know the times and the seasons that are set by the father we just read that in in acts one it's not for us but in the meantime, this is how we live, as if it's urgent. Um, but that, it's urgent to get the gospel out. It's, it's, urgent, it's urgent also to respond in love and justice uh, and, and care. There's, I don't want to get into um, the, the political thing. Again, that's stepping outside. I'm going to respect my, my lane here. This is – I don't – I don't pronounce on politics. What I do say is there's a lot of suffering on both sides, and that's where my concern is. Uh, there's, we have Ukraine. We have, we have Gaza right now that are the two hot spots. Uh, there's, all of those people are created by God, and God feels it, and he wants his church to feel it and to care and respond in love. And so our response will be, how can we help in love? Yeah. So I'm trying to separate the two things because I, I, I don't think that it's necessarily true that when you have another war, that that means that this means we're at the end. We are, told, we are told clearly that we don't know when that end is. Is that, is that fair? I think so. Okay.
1: Um, okay, this is going to be our last question for the band. Um, how do we grow in our prayer life without falling into a fear that we are praying the wrong way, quote unquote?
0: So, so look at the book of Job. I just heard Tim Keller preaching on this one uh, a couple weeks ago. Like, Job had some rotten prayers in, in the book of Job. It's like, how dare you, God? I didn't, I've not done anything wrong, and yet you're wrecking my life. How dare you? What are you doing? It was terrible prayer. Don't, don't pray like that. Don't pray like Job, okay? But at the end of Job, uh, God shows up, and he, and he tells Job's friends, You're not righteous the way my Job is. Why? Because they were prayers. They they were wrong. They were wrong-headed. He shouldn't have been praying like that. But they were prayers. He came where? He came to God. He threw it at his feet. Unfiltered. Says, Lord, help. I don't know. This doesn't make any sense to me. It's unfiltered. And that's okay. In other words, if if Job can do that and still be called righteous, don't worry too much. God's not mad at you. Just go to him. Just if you're going to fall, fall forward. Right? I'm taking that from uh, from when uh, Lazarus died. you remember Lazarus, who uh, was the brother of Mary and Martha, and uh, um, Jesus shows up on the scene days late, and which is an interesting idea in itself. He knew, um, and and then Martha comes up and and says, "If you'd been here, Lord." And Mary Mary knows something about Jesus. And, and, and she comes up to him and just falls at his feet and cries. Doesn't blame, doesn't do anything. Just, just, that's what I'm saying. If you're going to fall, you don't know what to say. He's not mad at you. Just fall forward. Okay? <laughs> Does that work?
1: Yeah, he's bigger than our formulas for prayer, <laughs> right? Yeah. All right, let me pray for us.